Hey everybody, welcome to Simply Holy Holiday 2019, a practical guide for making the holidays holy days. And I cannot tell you how excited I am that you've decided to join me, or at least that you've decided to listen to this very first video. <laughs> Maybe you won't decide to join me after this, but I'm really excited to be able to explain to you what this time of year can mean for you. Um, I want to do a couple things. One is I want to explain specifically what these 70 days will look at, look like, sorry, but I also want to be able to sort of make a case for this practice of seasonal repentance. So I want to start with that. You know, this practice of taking certain times out of the year to have a renewed repentance is, is as old as the Israelite nation. It started when God brought his people out of, out of Egypt and out of slavery and into the, um, into the desert and then onto the promised land, he took them out and gave them the law. He gave them the Ten Commandments. He gave them a way to live together in community. And this is an incredible celebration for them, the, just a, the giving of the law, which I'll talk about in a minute. But one thing that he did was he instituted these times of year where they should set up them these times of year apart as holy to celebrate specific things. And in the calendar that he came up with, with for his people, he has two significant times of year where they have these times of repentance. One is in the spring, and that is when they celebrate Passover. We all know that that is the blood over the door, you know, the blood over the door, so that saved them and the, the death angel passed over. And now as Christians, all these years later, we celebrate that Jesus was that Passover lamb and that his blood covers us and saves us as well. So we actually do celebrate Passover. We just call it Easter. And then, um, so that's a big holiday for them. That's a time where, and for us, where um, Christians later uh, undertook the, the, the uh, practice of Lent 40 days before the resurrection. And that's sort of the Christianized way of celebrating that. But for both of these festivals, it is a time of introspection, prayer, repentance. It's a time to get the sin out of your life. Um, the Jews will, they will, um, they will remove all the yeast from their house, symbolically representing removing the yeast from your heart. And as Christians, we'll try to get rid of all that, you know, gunk in our hearts that's sort of built up. So that's the Passover festival. 50 days after that, they would always celebrate um, Pentecost. And what that was, was a celebration of the giving of the law. And it was this huge, joyful celebration because the Jewish people realized that when that law was given, it was a lifesaver. It taught them how to live. It, was, it saved their life in the desert to get these laws to live by, to get this instruction from God. They love it. That's why they dance around when they bring out the Torah and they kiss it and they, they have a huge celebration. Well, then you fast forward um, and when Jesus came and after he was crucified and resurrected, 50 days after that when they're celebrating Pentecost, obviously we get the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is the way that we live. This was the giving of the Holy Spirit. It is the way that we're supposed to live now. This is what instructs us. This is what teaches us to obey. It helps us to actually obey the Bible and, and, to, and to walk in God's ways. I mean, it's just so amazing, right? So those two festivals, um, are in the spring. And then when you go to the fall, there's actually three high holy days in the fall. Um, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And these are really the high holy days, um, and they are they have specific instructions 
about fasting and introspection and prayer and all of this. And this is a significant time of year also. It's so significant that they actually call it the Jewish New Year. It's not really the, 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 the New Year for the lunar calendar. It's not the Jewish New Year, but it is the spiritual New Year for them. That's how significant it is. And they dedicate a, a good amount of time to um, repenting. They, uh, they, they might get baptized, they have waters involved. Um, uh, most Messianic Jewish scholars feel like this is why John was baptizing at that time um, when Jesus started his ministry. Another cool thing is they also think that this is probably at the Feast of Tabernacles is probably the time of year when Jesus was actually born and not December 25th. So I don't wanna go too far into it. It's, it's too technical, but it's very cool. It's a very cool thought. Um, but this is a time of joy and celebration, but it, it's also a time of introspection and reflection and repentance. Systematic and rhythmic repentance has always, it's always been a rhythm of God. And, you know, later in the medieval times, the Christian church picked up on this time uh, to celebrate Jesus' birth by instituting Advent. And uh, I love it. It's, it's something a part of the Christian liturgy that I didn't grow up on, but I've fallen in love with it through the years. And it is a time, it's actually, Advent, we'll talk about it later, is really a time for fasting and prayer and stuff like that. So you can see that God is a fan of having these times embedded in our schedule and in our rhythm of life to set aside what we normally do and just sort of focus in spiritually. And, you know, I've always wanted to kind of follow these and do them really well, and I just can't. I just can't get them very well. I get it. I give it a stab. You know, we had a Sukkot festival here at our house the other day, and I, I you know, but it was like, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. I just try to do my best. And so these 70 days sort of come out of this feeling that I think I needed a time in my life where I really wanted to set it aside as a time for holiness. And, um, you know, these last 70 days of the year, the, 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 the number 70 probably has some significance that I'm unaware of because I'm not really into numerology, but I know that God has, a, he does a lot with these numbers and I'm sure it has some significance. But for me, I just knew that I wanted to set aside the last 70 days of the year and really give God my whole heart. It actually started from the very beginning because I had found a significant, a significant amount of repentance in my eating. I had been an overeater my whole life and I had finally broken free and so I had lost you know, 35 pounds and I was afraid I was gonna gain that back during the holiday season. It really kind of started from that. I was afraid I was gonna lose what I had gained in, or actually in the reverse, I was afraid I was gonna gain what I had lose, lost. But I, um, I just thought I really wanna focus in spiritually during these holidays and not make them t the time that they've actually come to be in America. And I, I really feel badly about this, but our holiday season has sort of come to be more gluttonous um, it's debaucherous. It's a um, it's sort of a lazy time of year, but we're busier than ever. We're more distracted than ever. So I mean spiritually lazy when I say lazy. I think we're very busy. We're doing a lot of things. I'm just not sure that they have much to do with God. And I've sort of grown in this conviction through the years, and I have to tell you that my spiritual life has kind of become dependent upon this time. I realize that every year I really look forward to these last 70 days of the year because I can set them apart as holy and really focus in on repentance. You know, um, 
I do feel that repentance in general is a great gift from God. It is a it is one of the greatest, it, it's, it's grace, it's God's grace to be able to repent. It, you know, it, that's, this is why Isaiah said that in rest and repentance you'll find your salvation, long before Jesus ever came. And then when John came preaching, and uh, John the Baptist came preaching about Jesus, he said, repent. You know, you, he, he was preparing the way, he was making the way straight. He was trying to get their hearts prepared to even meet Jesus. When Jesus came, the first thing that he said was, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Right, And then at the beginning of the church, Peter actually preaches, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, right? So we know that repentance is this great thing, that it's a gift from God, honestly, to be able to change, to be able to, to change your mind so much that you actually make a 180 degree turn from something where you're, you were going this way and you actually turn this way. You, those of you that know that you're trying to get over, a, you have a stronghold in your life, a stronghold might be something that, I mean, a stronghold is when, if, if we look at the definition of it, it's when you're dug down deep. When an army has a stronghold, that means that they, they are almost impenetrable. They have dug down so deep that you can't get past them. And that's what a stronghold is in our life. When we have repeated a sin over and over and over and over so much that it's so hard to quit. We would call it an addiction, perhaps. Um, but I think the Bible's terminology of stronghold is a really good one. But the the great thing is that we have the power to demolish strongholds. That's what the Spirit gives us. And if we will take that to heart and say, no, God has given me everything I need for life and godliness. And by God's power, I can stop the things that have been plaguing me. I can say no. I can repent. I mean, there's a freedom from that. I can say I'm no longer a slave. And, you know, we all have these areas in our life that we've been able to overcome. And I know there's more areas that we want to be able to overcome in. So part of this time of these 70 days is if you have a stronghold that you have been trying to get rid of in your life, this could be a great concentrated time for you to go after that and demolish that stronghold. Um, but it doesn't have to be that for everyone. You know, I think that the terminology here, holy days, which we wanted the holidays to be that, I look at that and I just go, well, holy, that means set apart. So I just take these 70 days and say, it can be whatever it is that you feel like God is calling to you to for these 70 days. Um, there might be people like, you know, I, um, there might be people that feel like, well, I don't really have any strongholds left that I'm fighting specifically. But maybe it's a time for you to go after something else and maybe it's time for you just to grow in an area. Um, I know the, some of the things that I've done, you know, in the past is I've made a commitment and a lot, I've heard lots of people make a commitment for certain things for, a, for a, this period of time. Like for 70 days, I'm going to, every day I'm going to get up and I am going to spend time with God. I'm going to have a quiet time. We call it quiet time every single day. And for some of us, that may be the 70 days. And I, I think that's very noble. That is an incredible uh, goal to have. Um, it could be that you say for 70 days, I'm gonna eat within the boundaries of hunger and fullness. I am not going to overeat. You know, it could be that. It could be that I'm going to pray at a certain time every day. It could be that I'm going to, sh I'm going to reach out. I'm gonna share my faith. Um, 
every day for 70 days or I'm going to have a certain goal with that. Um, I'm going to have a goal for my family. I'm going to have a goal for my spiritual life, whatever. I think you have to listen to God about what he wants you to focus on during this time. And I also want to encourage you that you don't have to do something for the whole 70 days. <laughs> you can say, hey, for the next two weeks, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to reevaluate. And then maybe God is going to lead me in a different direction, or maybe I'm only going to give this, you know, this amount of time to it. Um, maybe I'm going to do this up until Advent starts, and then for Advent, I'm going to, you know, focus on that or whatever. But however God is calling you to celebrate this time, I want to encourage you to do that. Is it something that you need to give up? Um, some people have given up Netflix for this whole time. It's, it's crazy because they knew it had a hold on them or at least for a period of time. I think it's always, if you wanna know if you have a stronghold or if you have an idol, people call it an idol in your life, uh, the easiest way, if you wanna know if something has become an idol, take it away. See how you do. See, are you craving it? Are you needing it? Have you been going to it? Have you been bowing down to it, so to speak? And there are a lot of those things. Um, food is that for people. Alcohol is that for people. Uh, you know, Netflix, the comfort of it. There's worse, you know, there's other things that are even more detrimental. There's pornography. There's, you know, these things that we turn to that we think are going to make us feel better. And of course, in the moment, it does release the tension that we have. But over time, we are enslaved to it. It's a chain and it, 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 it enslaves us and it becomes the master and we become the servant. We're not wielding it, it's wielding us. So, you know, if you wanna know if something has become an idol for you, then, you know, check it out. Um, I'm going to do, be doing specific things this fall and I'll, I'll put those things out for you to, for you to consider, not that you need to do these things. I think it's very personal. I have spent a lot of time over the past week or so going, God, uh, what is it? What do you want me to do? I will say for me, this has been an incredibly uh, challenging year. Um, I've been through a lot and I'm sure I'll get to talk about it a lot through these videos. Um, I'm not the only one that have ha has had challenges this year, but I've definitely had my fair share. And I'm not in an easy time in my life. I'm definitely in a faithful time in my life. Like I'm definitely fighting for my faith. Um, regularly, but I have lots of things pulling at me, and I, and I will say it is a weak, uh, there is a weakness in me that I think God is, is, is using. And I, you know, my, my scripture for, I can't tell you how long has been, well, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. I'm, I've just decided to stay weak and let God be my strength. Um, so I'm not coming at you at this point at the top of my game or my spiritual life. I'm not on the mountaintop. I'm not. I'm actually walking through a bit of a valley right now, and I'm only doing the next thing. We're going to talk about a lot of these concepts through this time, but I, I definitely don't have a vision for what's coming in the future. I just know that as long as it's called today, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do the next thing. So I have a lot of walking in the spirit right now, staying on the path, trying not to get entangled by the sin, trying not to get distracted or snagged by Satan, and just trying to focus on doing the next thing. So there's two areas in my life that God is really pulling out of me right now. And that is that I hear him distinctly calling me to be more loving and more humble. So I am on a path right now where with every single thing that happens to me, 
I take it through this filter of what would, how can I practice humility? How can I land in humility? How can I become more humble? So you can tell, all of you guys know that that is like, you know what I, um, when you ask God to, you know, show, teach you hum, humility, it's not like you're asking for the fun road. <laughs> you're not asking for the, oh, I, I'm so excited. But I'm, but it is the rich road. It is the road of Christ. I am endeavoring to be like Jesus, to fellowship with him in his sufferings and to imitate his humility and his reverence, his incredible um, submission to God. Okay, so that humility. And then I'm also endeavoring to, to learn to do everything that I do from love. And uh, one of the things I learned this year that was really um, obvious was that I did tend to love other people through my own love language. And I know this is things that, this is what people do, I realize um, other people do this, but I, you know, I am an acts of service person. Like if you do something for me, I'm like, you must really love me, you know, I'm, I'm thank you, thank you. And uh, I just love acts of service. So of course, I think, I'm going to serve this person. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. They're just going to love it, you know. And so I love people from that. But really, I've learned that it doesn't. It's not what communicates love to them. A lot of people, what communicates love to them is their the, the physical affection, the personal touch. They just want to hug. You know, they don't really care all the stuff that I'm doing. They wanted. They just want me to hug them. They just want me to say hello. Um, and in my own family, though, I think this is really where I want to work this out. So um, I am going to do this one thing. This is going to be my one thing for the 70 days. And I do encourage you to choose. Don't choose too many things, guys. People that choose three, four, you just get overwhelmed. I'm just saying, I, just from personal experience, try just to do one thing. So here's my 70-day goal. I'm going to endeavor that for 70 days that love will be the tenor of my morning with my children before school. Okay, so now every mom and probably every dad just went, you know, <laughs> yeah, I could see why that would be it. Because it is a very difficult thing every single day to make sure that tasks and, um, you know, attitudes and um, groggy kids and, you know, reluctance and dragging their feet, you know, all that stuff doesn't become a grind in our home. But that I will make sure that our home feels like a lovey, a loving, lovely place to be each morning. Now, the good thing about this is um, I really have, uh, it's, it's, it's a short period of time. <laughs> it's one goal. And honestly, I think if I could do that, it would really, really, it would take a big chunk out of that stronghold in me that puts tasks over people or um, problems over relationship. And I'm trying desperately to go people first, tasks second, relationship first, um, you know, whatever problem it is comes second. So that is a goal for me, is to make every morning a loving morning. So I'm going to try to do that for 70 days. <laughs> so that's my one thing. What is your one thing?
Do you need to give something up? Do you need to add something in? You know, I also have, just so you know, I'm narrowing it down to that one thing, but I, but the truth is in my brain, I have all these other things I want to do. Well, I wanted to have a nighttime ritual that's way more spiritual, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to see if I could pray, uh, you know, at this time, this time, this, you know, I have way too many ideas. But that one thing is going to be the one thing I do. So what do you want to do for these 70 days? I want to encourage you and your small group or your friends, do it together. If you have people that you can do this with, it will make such a difference. Um, but one of the things that I do love about this is that it is people all over the world doing this together. And I want to encourage you that if you'll go on Facebook or, or Instagram or, you know, whatever it is, we have a Simply Holy Facebook page, we have a Simply Holy Living um, uh, Instagram page, or whatever you call that, then people can share what they're uh, working on and what they're learning and how they're growing. And it is a great way to have community from North Carolina to Seattle to Austin to LA to everywhere, um, at least throughout America, disciples of Jesus Christ everywhere, taking these last 70 days of the year and deciding to make them holy together. And together we can do this. So I'm excited to hear from you. I'm excited to see if you, when, when you come to your conclusion about what you're gonna do, please share it on the Facebook page. And don't worry that you don't know everybody. Don't worry. Don't worry that you don't know. Just put it out there or at least Put it out there to your small group or your friends, people that are walking through life with you so that you guys can do this and, and, and sort of remind each other of who you are, of who you are in Christ. Reminding each other of your identity in Christ and, and, and helping each other with that to, to live up to what he has created in you. So I'm excited. I want to hear from you. Until next time.